Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. I want to get back in the lab as soon as possible. Still feel surreal that, you know, we're not practicing today and didn't feel like our season was done yet. Honestly, still doesn't feel like that way. That window of opportunity definitely shows itself on paper, right? And then you go through a season and that window of opportunity can show itself through heart and effort. And I think with people that are here that are driving the spirits of our team, our window of opportunity will always be there. Like, as long as we have a McDermott as our coach, I'm confident in everything that we have to do to win. Always open to coming back. I mean, this is my first place I've been in for the past four years that, you know, I love Buffalo, love everything about it. But again, I feel like definitely got to go to March and see, you know, also the other options as well. I feel like that's the business side of it and I got to take advantage of it. That last voice you heard was Gabe Davis on Locker Cleanout Day. You heard Josh Allen in there, Deion Dawkins as well, Sal Capaccio here, WGR Sports Radio 550. It's the Extra Point Show. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back in our Amherst studios. I am down here at One Bills Drive in the media room. A few media filtering in now. We're going to hear from Sean McDermott in just less than an hour. That's the scheduled time, 11 a.m. We will carry that live for you here on WGR. Brandon Bean will follow at 12 p.m. We'll have that for you as well today. So make sure you're uh, tuned in and checking the website and all of that. In the meantime... A lot of questions to be answered today from Sean McDermott and from Brandon Bean. Joe, what is at the top of your mind? What would you like to know? You're not here, so let me be your proxy. What, what, what would you like asked? What would you like to know today from either of these two gentlemen? Well, uh, with Bean, I think we generally find out a lot of things. So I don't even know if I need to. I think we'll hear you know, all we need to hear from Bean coming up. He's at, generally pretty uh, forthright. You're right that, about That's that. what I mean, yeah. I, I mean, for Bean specifically, I'd like to hear, and I'm sure we will, on how he thinks the wide receiver group is uh, ha- was this season and what he sees for that position in the future. Um, for me, that like that's that's top of mind for him. And then for McDermott, it's just more like, what do you want your offensive identity to 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 really be? At the end of the day, because they've been, you know, doing different things, whether it's 12 personnel, some sometimes it's the pass happiest offense in the league. It had been that. And second half of the year, it was more towards the middle. So, you know, I think they they some of that is the roster you have in front of them. So for me, being it's specific to wide receiver and McDermott, it's, you know, what is he at his core? What does he want his offense to look like? And on the other side of the ball, right? 
to me, that's the number mm-hmm. one question for Sean that I, I'm interested in as well. Like, will he look to hire a defensive coordinator? Or will he run it back the way he did this year with him calling I, plays? I wonder if he'll get asked about. I mean, I don't know if he'll tell us because it's it's at least the report is fresh, but that Bobby Babich is going to get or was requested to be interviewed by the Giants to be the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you've talked about him. I mean, he's getting a bit of a reputation, I'm sure, around the league, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen this take on Twitter, forgive me who had it, but like if, if the Bills don't, it was Joe Marino from Locked On Bills, that essentially if the Bills don't make Bobby Babbage their defensive coordinator, at some point somebody else is going to. 100%. Doesn't mean it's this year, though. Right. Right? I mean, you could right. go this year with someone else and... You know, he's not been – he. you know, you're looking at a Giants team. That's an interesting report. Now, obviously, the tie-in with Joe Shane and Brian Dayball, right? They would love yep. to have guys they're familiar with, and they know the work that Bobby Babich has done. There's no doubt. I would also say, though, with a team like that, a first-time defensive coordinator might be something they would have to kind of really weigh if they want to do that. Mm-hmm. And you know how much I love Bobby Babich. I've talked about it. I think he's done an amazing job. Yep. I mean, once again, you know, the Bills have – you know. Well, this year they didn't have an all-pro at linebacker, but you know, look at the year that Terrell Bernard had. But he goes from safeties where he had all-pros in Hyde and Poyer to linebackers where Milano becomes one and um, Edmonds mm-hmm. has a career year and gets paid, and now Bernard. So he's paid his dues. He's earned it, and good for him. But I do wonder, and that puts the Bills in a situation where Sean McDermott has to decide whether it's him or not, Joe. And I would say it the same way to the Bills, though. Let's stay on this for a second. Let's walk through this. Let's say Sean says I, you know, he he decides whether he tells us or not today that he wants a defensive coordinator. He wants a play caller other than himself. They also have to decide if he wants a first time play caller, right? That's another that this yeah. is not this is not a a, a a team that's you know young, a young team anymore. It's he'd have to decide he would want someone probably with a little more skin in the game and on the wall already. Yeah. What when it comes to defensive coordinator? Yes. Yeah. Like, would he even want? Yep. My, my, my point is, if he decides he wants to do that, I think he'd also have to weigh, would I want a first-time guy like Bobby Babbage as sure. much as I love him, or go outside the building and get someone who has experience at it? And he had Leslie Frazier, of course, was well, well experienced. Or even inside the building. Um, yeah. Yeah, so may- maybe he could, you know, especially because he's there. And this will be another question that I'm sure will come up, you know, maybe even immediately with McDermott or early on in his press conference in about an hour is his future as the play caller because I've I've pointed this out that it can work the other way where you know like Matt LaFleur is the play caller in Green Bay he has an offensive coordinator but that offensive coordinator doesn't necessarily have to call plays he just has the title um and I'm sure he does you know some a lot of work during the week that would be the OC's job um McDermott I mean it's possible right he could hire a defensive coordinator and mm-hmm. it could be he could just promote a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He could hire Ron Rivera, uh, one his old his old uh, mentor, and he could still say, uh, "I'm going to hire you, but I still want to call plays defensively." Usually, more you see that on the offensive side. Right. But right, you're right. It could be on the defensive side as well. He could do that. That's something I'm looking for today to ask about and to wonder about. I thought yesterday was interesting with a couple of guys, and obviously we go to free agency, and you think about the roster and the changeover. You said it. Right away, it sounded like excuse mm-hmm. me, Gabe Davis is as good as gone. I'm not quite mm-hmm. that far, but I I understand. I totally understand what you think. Mm-hmm. He's at least as good as 
I'm definitely going to be looking to see if I can get paid somewhere, and then I'm gone. You, right? Like you brought up the right yeah. comparable, which was, and I think I even said this immediately. Like I would, I'm not going to say 100 percent because I thought 100 percent Matt Milano was going to be gone. Yeah, uh, and you mentioned that earlier that we all thought Matt Milano was about to leave for a different team, and then at the 11th hour they signed him. Um, so right, I, I I wouldn't rule that out completely, especially because if, if there's any doubt in my mind, it would be. Gabe Davis gets a feeling, his agent gets a feeling from the league that, hey, this is a historically good wide receiver class in the draft, and there are a bunch of free agent wide receivers that come in on top of you, including Michael Pittman and Mike Evans, um, mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a long list that if you're pushed down the free agent list and there's those factors, you know, maybe the Bills get back in the game, it can get a really big hometown discount, Um so I I think that is of course possible, but the way he sounded to me yesterday, like I would mm-hmm. I would very I would feel very comfortable predicting right now that he's played his last down for the Bills. Yeah, I get that. I would give you a better comparison though, even more than Milano, because Milano, let's remember that was also during the COVID year, and there just wasn't enough like money for a lot of teams to offer him this really big contract. And that kind of helped the Bills keep him here, and he wanted to be here, but that really helped him. The other comparison I'd give you is Jordan Poyer. Do you remember last year we are having the exact same thing? Sure. Jordan Poyer's going to free agency. Everybody thought he was gone. Yep. And the Bills never gave any indication, and they never had any talks. And Poyer was like, yeah, they really haven't talked. He went to the market and did not get anything close to what he thought he would get. So what happened? Came back to Buffalo on a very cheap deal. I wonder if something like that could happen with Davis. Yeah, it's, it's possible. Um, he... There also is the stupid video, by the way, that I don't know if you saw that him yeah, really screaming back and forth with fans at the end of the game. I don't think that has to matter to this, but maybe worth mentioning. Um, it, I don't know what happened to lead up to it. He said, hey, what yeah. was that? Maybe someone was throwing something. Right. So, you know, I mean. Right. But also, like, it, the way the season ended, like, I, I get why he would be, you know, questioning maybe his role in the offense under this coordinator or the, the future of the offense because. Uh, he, I mean, there are the plays where he wasn't on the same page with Josh Allen that we could bring up, but there's also just all the games where he wasn't even targeted or he didn't have a reception. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what what do wide receivers want? We often talk about the star receivers, uh, and they get labeled as divas because they want the ball. The guys down mm-hmm. the roster want the ball, too. And yeah. Gabe Davis might not want the ball 15 times. He might have enough self-recognition to know he's not that level of player, but he wants it. A couple times a game, and if he questions mm-hmm. whether the Bills can get him the ball under Joe Brady at, on a consistent level, and he set, his agent tells him, well, there's this team over here that'll make you their number one, or you'll be like a 1B and you're going to get the ball five times a game, I mean, I could see why that would appeal to him. Do you... You know, uh, Mike Clay, we've had him on. He has a Twitter account, Mike Clay on Twitter. It is at Mike Clay NFL. He does a cheat sheet every year of NFL unrestricted free agents. Mm-hmm. And he put his first one out a couple weeks ago. So I immediately went to wide receiver. Yeah. Have you seen it? Did you take a look where he puts Gabe Davis? I have not. Let me see. You want to guess without looking? Uh, I, I would already guess. About how sure. far down the list? He's below Pittman and Evans, I'm sure, right? He is below Pittman and Evans. Those are two that are above him. He's below T. Higgins. He is number one. You got the top three. He's got Higgins, Pittman, Evans. Okay. He's going to be below... Who else is a free agent? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Isn't Hollywood Brown a free agent? Yes, he has it as number five. So okay. T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, Mike Evans. Number four on his list is Calvin Ridley. 
I forgot Kelvin Ridley's a free agent. Number five is Marquise Brown, and then number six, Gabriel Davis. He's ahead of, in this cheat sheet, of course, who knows? It's just one guy's opinion. Yep. Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, Tyler Boyd, Curtis Samuel, DJ Chark, Darnell Mooney, KJ Osborne, and then you get to the Kendrick Bournes of the world. Noah Brown's on this list, by the way. A nice season, you know, for um, Houston. A little bit there. It's a good but class. Then you get into the Demarcus yeah. Robinsons and guys like that. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, that's a good pla- class. He's ranked sixth there by Mike Clay, and he, there, there are mm-hmm. past there are past years where, like last year, who were the top guys? It was like Juju with a shot knee. It was Alan Lazard. Um, like last year, Davis arguably last might have year been the top I thought guy. that um, Jacoby Myers was the number one. He Jacoby he kind of got paid like it. Right. Myers, Juju, and Odell all got basically kind of the same contract, unless it was um, Hopkins, if I'm remembering there. But pretty right. much 11 million a year. But that, Hop- that was where that was 11 Hopkins, million a year. Hopkins was after the fact though because he got cut. Yep. I think. That's um, right. Yeah, like again, part of this is you know does does he swing back around and say I didn't like what I saw, so let's see what the Bills have to offer. I do think there's a mm-hmm. chance of that. Um, because if you're a receiver needy team out there, if you're the Patriots, if you're the you know the Chiefs, um, especially if you're a team like the Chiefs, where you're a contender and you're going to be in cap trouble um, or you're going to have a cap crunch, I mean you're you're probably I, this is where I'm at with the Bills. I don't love the idea of paying Gabe Davis ten, eleven million dollars a year. I think I could get similar production from a right. rookie in the first or second round on a rookie contract, and I think his problem might be. If there really are nine, ten receivers that you could say could have that impact right away, it's what some of the draft guys are saying. And I'm a team that needs a receiver. What I got? Okay, one of those nine receivers for a rookie deal, or eleven million dollars, ten million dollars for Gabe Davis. I mean, I think that's a pretty easy call for most teams. A couple other familiar names on this list: Isaiah McKenzie. He's on this list. He's an unrestricted free agent. Ray Ray McLeod, who really, you know, he's a return man, and the Bills had him in the building before. And Trent Sherfield, who is on the team right now. Now, Deontay Hardy's under contract next year. Trent Sherfield is not. Talk with Trent in locker cleanout day yesterday, and he admitted a, even a couple weeks ago, like this season did not go the way he necessarily envisioned, and, you know, he wanted to play a little bit more. But, Joe, he also yesterday, I will tell you, was very much open to, you know, coming back here and knowing that every year is different. You never mm-hmm. know what you're going to get. What did you think about his season? And would you, if you, if you could get a you know a minimum deal, you're not going to play pay a ton for Trent Sherfield, you know, putting him in back in the mix. Trent Sherfield, um, I don't. I mean, I would understand bringing him back to play special teams. the The thing I wouldn't want to count on him for is to be one injury away from having to start on the outside. Um, I think you got you got to look at it. Two playoff games where there were a lot of pass attempts in those two playoff games, and he had one catch between the two games. And I think I, I need more than that. I need I need a player. What I, what I would like to have for the Bills at some point, and they had this when they were at their best, the year we often say that about when they were at their best offensively, is the 13 seconds year or even the year before that. Mm-hmm. It's it's the years where Gabe Davis is the number 4 receiver. And right. they have four guys that are all reliable to come in and produce and are specifically going to do it on offense. I, I think the difference has been, in those two years, you had injuries. John Brown got hurt, and then Emmanuel Sanders got hurt. And you had your Gabe Davis behind them, ready to step in and play. And the difference in the last two years has been, I get one injury on the outside, I'm at a guy that plays more on special teams to come in and be that replacement. And I, I would like to see the Bills have a core four 
of guys that are just, you know, that that's what they're here for. It, it's not just the versatility, which is a big reason why Sherfield is is on the team. It's not just that they can contribute in those other areas. It's if we get an injury, we can count on this guy on offense. I mean, that and what that would be do the Davis model. You draft the guy wherever you do it and then yeah, go find your go a little bit further down this free agent list that Mike Clay's got. Go get your Emmanuel Sanders type, your one year contract for six, seven million bucks. Your your guy that might be a little mm-hmm. bit older, um, but you know you're going to be able to get him because of the age, and you can get him cheap. Pair that with a rookie. Like that's that's what I would really like to see above Sherfield. But I don't mind Sherfield, you know, being back on the team just to play special teams. Yeah, that year, twenty twenty one, that they went to Kansas City and lost late. Stephon Diggs. Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, Dawson Knox was the third leading pass catcher. Gabriel Davis was one, two, three, four, five, sixth on the list with 35 catches behind even Devin Singletary. Isaiah McKenzie on that team as yeah. well, um, you know, and, and, and getting involved different ways. And they might want to do that anyway, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I think the re- recent years show you that that position can come in and contribute right away. It happens every year with a ton of guys. Also, Not always with first-round picks, too. Like, Tank Dell was a third-round pick and stepped right in for Houston and was starting and was great all year while he was healthy. Um, but the Bills, you know, because just because you don't know. Quinton Johnston for the Chargers was a first-round pick. He did not produce right away. So for every three... Mm-hmm. You know, two or three receivers that are good right away that are drafted on day one. There is a guy that doesn't. So the Bills might want to do that anyway. Replacing Gabe Davis is important. We saw how much they missed him on Sunday. And I I think maybe a likely outcome is even if they draft a guy, they will want that veteran player as, you know, someone that could either play ahead of him right away in, in case he, he needs to slow play it or insurance in case they miss on the pick in general. And not that I would necessarily count on it, but there is one name we haven't put in this mix yet, and that's Justin Shorter. I mean, he's a redshirt right. guy, right? He was drafted last year. We don't know what his future holds, but that is someone that they might be able to count on or think that they can count on. We'll see. I mean, we've seen nothing to indicate that necessarily. He's been on IR all year. He gets the redshirt year. There is one other difference, though, Joe, a big difference between 2021, those years, and now. They're paying their quarterback now. They're paying their quarterback at a top level. They don't have the kind of money to go around and – and you know, pick the, some of these guys, like you say, and grab a guy for this many million or that many million. They have to mm-hmm. be frugal and smart how they do it. Um, there are some contracts they can tweak. There are different things that are going to happen. We're going to hear more from Brandon Bean about that. He won't get specific, I'm sure, but he'll give us a little insight down here at One Bills Drive. Sean McDermott at 11 a.m., Brandon Bean at 12 p.m. We will hear, carry Sean McDermott live right here on the Extra Point Show at 11 a.m. And then obviously keep it tuned, not only WGR, but also on the Odyssey app, WGR Sports Radio 550, for Brandon Bean later as well. So Josh Allen revealed yesterday that the shoulder injury might have been a little bit more impactful. That's the way I, I took it, Josh, uh, um, Joe, that, that maybe we had known or maybe we had thought. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, that was he was dealing with it a little bit and – he was talking about mechanics and going back to what you, you know, what anytime someone who's a thrower feels pain, he said it really started to feel right like the last four weeks or so, which I, that, that means it didn't feel right before that, right? So that was interesting. I thought that he revealed that he did say it's not going to require surgery or anything like that, but I did find it interesting. And maybe that gives us a little insight into when the offensive coordinator switch was made and also them going a little bit more to the run game and a little more balanced. Right. Because they've been doing it to protect Allen yep. from his shoulder. A little Although bit. Although he ran a lot too, right? I was going to say, like, I, yeah. I only want to go so far with that because the, uh, right. the volume in which he ran did go up a lot. And I think the question of how his mechanics were, were impacted, 
there is a I think a big difference between what we saw last year with his elbow um, and the UCL injury, and you just you, he talked about it, and you were able to see it how his throwing motion was just a little yes. bit different after that injury versus this year. I mean, it didn't look that different. He still was capable of making all those throws, like the, the Diggs throw that Diggs drops on Sunday traveled 63 yards in the air and was Amazing. in a perfect it was almost a perfect spot. Oh, I mean pretty much man. it was a bright spot. Um yeah. so I'm not saying it was Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. ...and bothering them during the week, or it could have contributed to some of their, their, their scheming as the season went on, but... I, I don't have the same, you know, questions about that injury that I would have last year about his elbow. And then Mitch Moore spoke and he said, hey, I'm under contract. They're going to have me back. I'll yep. be back. So anybody who's questioned any sort of, hey, Mitch Moore's concussions, things like that. Now, there is a number there, right, with Mitch Moore. So you have to consider there is the age. Yeah. He's what? What is he, 30 now? He's, he's, he's actually he's always younger than we think. He's uh, way younger than we think. I, th- I thought he was like 34. <laughs> he's um, is, I know, he, right? is he 30? He's 31 right now. He's 31. 31. Um, the thing I wonder... He just, by the way, he turned... Th- he'll, he'll be yeah. 32 in April, and I mean, that's just... That's prime for a center, right? I mean, look at Jason Kelsey, but honestly, he could play right. three, four more years. Right. The thing I wonder with all of their, you know, cap gymnastics that they're going to have to pull up, you mentioned Allen's number balloons to four... They have, they have like... I forget what the number is. It's like $100 million between, um, before any restructures or anything like that, between Allen, Von Miller, and Stephon Diggs. And that number last year was like in the 30s because of the extensions and all that. Um, so because of all that, I the, the question I have about Morse is, will he and Ryan Bates both exist on the same team? I mean, Bates, I would think, would be the alternative if they were going to ever move on from Morse at center. And Bates is in at $5.5 million to be a backup lineman, and Morse is at his number, so... I, I, don't, I like both players. I don't want to rush them off because they're not good or anything. I just wonder if they can spend you know, b- the amount of money that both of them are going to cost. 
That's a good point. But one thing that I think fans do a lot that I hear, and I always kind of want to push back on some fans, not everybody, of course, but now that you're doing this, I think what you make is the right point of, hey, I don't just don't know how you can make it work, even though you'd like to make it work. Sometimes I think fans get too enamored with cap space versus good player. Does yep. that make sense? Like yep. to me, yep. Mitch Morris is a really good player. There's no reason to move on from him. Right. Like, he's good. He helps you. <laughs> right now, would you like to be able to save a little money if you can restructure him and put a couple of years on and say, look, man, we'd like to keep you here. We'd like to retire you a Buffalo Bill. Can we lower your cap number for next year? Give you a little extension. You could do that for Dion. But that, it, but I, I hear people, and they, you know, either call or tweet or whatever and say like, hey, well, just move on from this guy. You can save so much money. Well, guess what? Then you create a hole and you're trying to win. And if you think Ryan yeah. Bates is, is good enough to handle it, that's fine. I understand. Don't do it just to do it because you want cap space. You also want good players. I Right. I wouldn't even bring it up, I don't think, if Bates didn't exist. Like, right. Like, to cut Morse at, at, and save the $8.5 million that you would get um, back if you do that. If Right. If Bates didn't exist, my, my follow-up would be, okay, well, now who are you bringing in to replace him? Because am I adding that to the draft list now that I'm going to bring in a rookie mm-hmm. to do that in day one or day two? Because I'm, I'm spending an asset then to do that. Or am I spending – how much money am I spending? Am I, am I getting – to get a quality center, I might cost the money that I'd be saving by getting rid of Morse. I think the only thing that even makes it a real discussion for Morse is Bates existing behind him as a, as a pretty you know, realistic alternative if, if they were to think about it. Well, I'll tell you this, Joe. This is the first time in a while – that we are going into an offseason, and at least from my perspective, I think they're pretty good up front. I think they have a good situation on the offensive line. I think they're good as far as their players they have, their cap situation they have. Yes, there's some tweaks you might have to do, and their depth. I mean, I'm telling you, and I've said this all year, and you know this, they really, really love Ryan Vandermark and Alex and Alec Anderson and Ryan Bates, for that matter. I think, I think they believe they have a five behind, like David Edwards, Ryan Bates, Alec Anderson, Ryan Vandermark. I mean, I guess you'd have to throw somebody else in there. I'm going to figure out, but they really love that group. And, and they, another Greg Manns, maybe it is, or you know Kevin Jarvis. But I'm just saying, I think they're, this is the first time in quite a while that I don't think we're going to be taking, hopefully, hopefully we won't take phone calls. Oh, my God, Allen's running for his life. That's not the case. They, they blocked well in the run game. They protected well. They... Um, they all played together. They're all so reliable, like knock on wood, right? That was amazing. They all played. This is this is kind of new territory, so at least you don't have that. Yeah. There, Spencer Brown took a step forward, too, this year, by the way. He did. It's really, isn't it, like polar opposites, right? Like the offensive yeah. line versus the defensive line in terms yes. of, like, you. I feel pretty comfortable saying not only for next year, I feel like four of the five guys are just going to be here for multiple years. Dawkins, I think, will probably get extended um, this offseason. I think it makes too much sense to not do it. Um, I think Brown, because he's on a rookie contract, you got multiple years there. And Torrance, of course, with his rookie deal, and they just signed McGovern. So center's the, the question. But offensive line, I feel like for two, three years, at least, mm-hmm. I've got four of my five. Versus yep. defensive line, we all know, you know, or we've heard in the past couple of days, like this realization that oh, they're walking into the offseason with only four guys under contract total. And you hope that Tommy Doyle can recover. And it was just shame that he missed another year, but he's a guy they really like, obviously as well. But you know, there's an injury situation. Speaking of that, they have a couple other guys. Von Miller, obviously, what we saw this year, not to the level that anyone had hoped, and he's got a big number. And there's a lot going on with that. And then Tre'Davious White coming off of injury, but also. 
three coordinator questions, all three for the first time in a while. We'll get on that, and we'll talk about that before Sean McDermott hits the podium at 11 a.m. We'll take a timeout here on the Extra Point Show. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase from down here at One Bills Drive and over in our Amherst studios. We'll have Sean McDermott at 11 a.m. Brandon Bean speaks at 12 p.m. here on WGR. It hurts, man. It hurts. Uh, it's a feeling that I can't even describe. It's a tough feeling, but, you know, you got to keep your head high. That is Bills kicker Tyler Bass following the loss to the Chiefs that ended the Buffalo Bills season, 27-24, Sunday night. Sal Capaccio here down at One Bills Drive. We will have Sean McDermott in about 20, 25 minutes from now, live here on WGR on the Extra Point Show. Brandon Beaton will follow at noon. Keep it locked here on WGR for that as well. For the first time this in this regime, Joe, under Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, the Bills will enter the offseason with legitimately three questions at all three coordinator spots. Now, we could argue in the past fans could say, well, you know, they didn't like this guy or that guy. They wanted someone removed. But, you know, up until last year, it was always Leslie Frazier. There was never a question at defensive coordinator until last year. Mm-hmm. But there is one again. Will Sean McDermott hire somebody or will he retain play calling and coordinator duties, essentially, on the offensive side? They don't have a coordinator right now. Let's remember, Joe Brady's the interim. That is no longer. Like, he's now got to apply for the job like anybody else. They have to go through a hiring process. Will he be the guy, or will they hire someone else? And then special teams, quite simply, will Matthew Smiley be retained after what was, I think, an underperforming special team season? But there are a lot of questions on the staff right now. Yeah. There also even is, I I think it's it's probably very unlikely, but the Falcons did interview Joe Brady for their head coach opening. And this morning there was a report that Belichick to Atlanta is losing momentum. So I'm not saying that that has to do with Joe Brady, but that job is sounded like it was just going to be Belichick, and now it's not. Um, again, still don't think it's very likely that Brady would get a job this quickly um, after only half a season, not even, as an OC. The only thing that you really had questions about in the past, I mean, Frazier maybe a little bit last year, on the other end, but it's usually been, are these guys going to get head coach, head coach jobs, right? Like Frazier had interviewed a bunch of times and Dable, of course, was for years we were waiting for that to happen. Um, so, you know, for this year, I, the thing I'm look I'm expecting Joe Brady to be back as offensive coordinator. We'll see if we find out differently. But the thing I'm most interested in is what's going to happen with McDermott. Is he still going to call plays? Is he going to hire somebody mm-hmm. else to be have that title um, while he's still calling plays? Will he cede that to somebody else? Um, will it be a big name? Right? Like there, if you look around the the pool of you know established veteran coaches, some of which have been head coaches that are now available. A lot of those guys are defensive. Um, and Ron Rivera is a name I keep mentioning just because I, McDermott and him have been tied together for so long. Um, I, it would be weird, right? Like if you flip-flopped, one's the head coach now, the other's the defensive coordinator before the one guy was the head coach, the other was the defensive coordinator. But D.C. is definitely the, the, the thing I'm most interested in. I tweeted the same thing out for the first time under McDermott being the Bills under the offseason with questions at all three coordinator spots. And, of course, the first two responses are, well, you forgot head coach. Well, I didn't tweet out about the head coach, but we haven't had any – official confirmation from anybody that, oh, yeah, he's back. But Sean McDermott speaks at 11, Brandon Bean at noon. I don't expect any change on that front. Maybe some fans want it. I understand. Whatever. I don't expect any change on that front. Maybe today we'll get some sort of confirmation on that or whatever else happens as far as a question or an answer. I, I'd be I'd be floored. I mean. Me too. If, if, if we found out at, at any point, next half hour or, like, tomorrow, it, I, it would be the most stunned I've ever been to see Bill's news about anything. 
Like you, you reported back in the day they were signing Terrell Owens. Like since since that since that moment, I think it would be the most surprised I've ever been. Yeah, me too. I I I would be too. But you never know what happens in this business. It is, um, you know, I'm never that stunned. I guess you know you say like you would be as stunned as you ever were. But in this business, things happen. Speaking of that, by the way, last night, late last night, Titans Brian Callahan, right, uh, offensive yes. coordinator for the Bengals, will become the uh, Titans' new head coach. I'm looking around like the spots on the board here. Is it weird that like the Falcons and Belichick and like is is this like Belichick either goes to Atlanta or he doesn't coach anymore? I, like what what else is up there? I don't think I've seen that he's interviewed anywhere else. Has he? Maybe I've just missed it. Um, did he interview with the Chargers? Because um, that was a connection that a lot of people were making. Um, I did. What was it? I saw. No, it's been really been Harbaugh for the Chargers has been the momentum. The 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 thing I'm interested in the most is there's three. Big names, like big, big names. Belichick, Jim Harbaugh, and Mike Vrabel. Like, to me, those are the three, like, the giant guys that we're looking to see where they go. And none of them have been hired yet. And it's just kind of, they're all in flux. Maybe are they all waiting for what? Are they waiting to see if Sirianni gets fired still in Philadelphia? Are these teams not able to decide, like, are the Chargers trying to decide, do we want to go all in for Harbaugh, do we want to go all in for Belichick? And the Falcons, are we all want to go all in for Vrabel, or do we want to go all in for Belichick? Like, I'm wondering if those three are all staring at each other, waiting for the first domino to fall, and it's... (laughs) Is that like the Spider-Man meme and everybody's pointing at each other? Pretty pretty much. Or the the (laughs) office gif, where they all have the finger guns pointed at each other, waiting for someone to make a move. I mean, I I think it's those three. Right, like I think yeah. we all think Brian Johnson's getting a, a job, right, or Ben Johnson. From it's going to be the, it's going to be the Commanders, I think. Yes. Okay. So but yes, I agree with you, but I think it's going to be Commanders. Yeah. So the right then the other three are the ones. Like, I, I guess Harbaugh can just go back to Michigan um, mm-hmm. if he wants. Um, I Belichick's know. not going back to New England, I, though. I can't imagine Belichick not coaching. Right? Uh, no. It's got to be Atlanta. It's got to be. There's got to yeah. be a holdup of, okay, we're going to do our process, due diligence, all that kind of stuff. But guess what? At the end of the day, just formulate your staff. While we're doing that, go behind the scenes and get your staff ready because you're coming here. It's got to be. Yeah. And then I wonder if someone, if there is a big name that gets left out, like, does Vrabel not get a job? Like, that That to me would yeah. be weird. Um, I guess, you know, he could also say, if it dep- I don't know what team this would be, but if, okay, there's only one team or two teams left and Vrabel might talk with his agent and his family and say, well, all right, I could do this just to do it, just to make sure I have a job, or I sit out a year. I, I'd, I'd, rather, right. I'd rather wait a year and get a job I like than just take the, the, the only one that's available for me. Of all the coaches, Joe, that'd be the guy who could do that the best. Yeah. Me, Belichick so. can't do it in age 72 now, right? right. Like, that's not happening. Right. He, he, he wants to win now, break the record, all that. And after a year, teams might go, I don't want – what do I do in here? Um Vrabel's the guy, though. Harbaugh, he could sit out a year, but he's got the option to go back to Michigan, it appears. right? That, that's, that's probably not on the table. He wants to keep this train running. He wants to coach. Yep. Of all the people out there who could say, I'm going to take a year off, it would be Mike Vrabel. It would be, he would be fine. He would get a job in the next cycle, I would think. I, I would think so, too. Right? He, might, and he might also think, like, I'll try again next cycle when I don't have to compete yep. with Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh. That's right. That's right. Um Last year it was who I'm trying to think who were the hires last year was it the 
Wasn't there a theme of offensive or defensive of all the hires a lot? Like, doesn't it doesn't I it kind of go? It, it, there was a crazy amount of. It was like the last two three years. Like, I forgot what the number was, but it was like all offensive. Um, which, by the way, real, real quick is, before I think I, yeah. think I know where you're about to go with it, but I, I meant to mention this when you mentioned Brian Callahan is now the offensive coordinator in or the head coach in Tennessee because Callahan gets that job. I saw Mike Clay tweet this that now this is crazy. There's no offensive coordinator in the league that's been with his team since longer than 2022. Another way of putting that is the longest tenured offensive coordinator in football today is the coordinator in Green Bay who got hired in February of 2022. Hmm. Wild. It's That you see. It is. It is. And the point I was going to make was, wasn't Lou Amaruno like the number one guy going into the year? Yeah, and like what? I haven't heard anything about him. I like yeah. you know what I mean. You know, it's so wild. I guess I, they they did really. I mean, at the end of the day, their their defense was not right as good. I mean, they gave up. Did they end up first in or I guess I should say last and giving up the most explosive plays? Like they gave up big plays all year long. Um. So I guess that's a part of I'm, it, right? I, I got it. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. We're, we're in the media room, and people are filing in, and I don't see John Scott, but he texted me. This is great. He's an Ohio State fan, as you know. He said, Rabel sits out a year. Ryan Day gets fired. Rabel goes to Ohio State. <laughs> oh. That? Oh, I wonder. That that would be good, right? The Ohio State fans would probably yeah. love that. Vrabel and Kyle. Co- wait, I could totally imagine Vrabel. Succeeding in college football, yes. right? He is the, yes. He's the perfect he's a, type. Yes, a hundred percent. He would crush it at Ohio those State. Those kids so. would love him. Yeah, for sure. I think those kids would love him. That's right. All right, we are getting ready for Sean McDermott here. So, Joe, I'm going to let you take it over from back there as we plug in and I'll get ready for the Bills head coach here coming up at about 11 a.m. Uh, that's what time he's scheduled for. We're going to have that live. We're also going to carry Sean. Mc, uh, I'm sorry, Brandon Bean at uh, noon. So, stick with us here on WGR. We're back to back head coach. GM, we'll hear about what they have to say about the offseason, the way the season ended, what the plan might be, salary cap situation, all different things going on here on WGR. So Joe's got you covered until we get to there. We'll bring you Sean McDermott from down here at One Bills Drive. 803-0550 is the number. Keep it here on the Extra Point Show today. A big, big Buffalo Bills football Tuesday. And, of course, by the way, the Sabres do play tonight. We have that for you as well, 10 p.m. They're in Anaheim tonight on the West Coast. So we'll have the pregame for you at 9 p.m. tonight. In the meantime, lots of Bills news coming your way. Keep it locked here in WGR. Joe will be back. I'll be down here at One Bills Drive. Sean McDermott's end-of-season press conference is upcoming. I've got a pull-up. We're going to put an end to this once and for all. At Sneaky Joe Sports. The, nothing, there's nothing people like to call more to ask. Which is fine, by the way. You can. But there's nothing people like to call more to ask than can this guy change positions to this. I've been asked about Kyer Elam switching to safety. I've been asked about Christian Benford switching to safety. We had a caller earlier today ask about Tredavious White switching to safety. I had someone on Twitter ask me about Taron Johnson switching to safety. I got to pull up. Who who are you wondering can switch to safety of the corners? I don't know. Maybe somebody does. Doubt that's one of the questions that McDermott will get. Who knows, though? Time out here. Sean McDermott on the other side. Stay tuned. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.